You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 272. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 272. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Mr. Smith. Hello, my love. A little under the weather, my sweet man. A little under the weather today, yeah. You're such a trooper for hanging out on the show. Of course. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. (laughs) I appreciate that. Welcome, everybody. So if Mr. Smith's voice is a little lower and sexier than normal. (laughs) Yeah, it's because I'm under the weather today. Got a little cold. Well, I love to hear you talk, even if it's painful. (laughs) (laughs) You just can't laugh a lot. Welcome to the show, everybody. We're excited to have you here. We're going to be talking about a topic today that a listener wrote into the show about related to trust and the ability to trust other people. Now, I can tell you from working with hundreds and hundreds of people that this is a common theme. And it also inhibits our ability to really connect deeply with people Hmm. because we kind of keep these walls up, right? And what's so crazy about that is usually at the exact same time, we're craving intimacy. We want to connect with other people. We want rich relationships. We want to be able to trust people. Yet there are usually things from our past or family of origin that have influenced our ability to actually be seen by other Mm. people. That's really, really what it comes down to. So we're going to dig into that at length. But why don't we start off on a lighter note? What do you say? Before we do some digging? Before we dig deep. You got it. So now it's time for a little segment we like to call... Would You Rather? And today's Would You Rather is... Would you rather send a sexual explicit email to your entire contact list? Some of our lists are bigger than others. That's what she said. <laughs> or eat a whole stick of butter covered in your pocket lint. <laughs> covered in your pocket lint? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, okay, let me ask you this because there's going to be – you know we need some qualifiers. I statements. know. Okay, so I have a contact list of just email people, you know, personal email contact list in, like, my Gmail, right? Okay. And then I have my actual work database that's like thousands and thousands of people so i'd say both oh it includes everything your full contact list oh my gosh sexually explicit Mm -hmm. and like so what i mean by that is like you meant to send it to your your lover your lover and you accidentally sent it to everyone (laughs) so it might have some nude pics in there might have some 
explicit language about the night before that some kind commentary, of commentary some play-by-play play. some yeah some uh some rehashing it's if you will you just stepping into your authentic sexual self that's and right lo and behold and everyone. everybody else gets to be a witness <laughs> but the alternative is an entire stick of butter covered in pocket covered lint. in pocket lint yep yep i don't know if it's <laughs> so random okay okay first of all is the butter salted <laughs> Well, I'll let you decide. You can do okay, salted or unsalted. Yes, it will have to be. Like butter that's not salted is just a challenge for me. Really? Which is good that we always keep our, our food. Well, there's a separate. would you rather right there. Would you rather have salted or unsalted butter? Yeah. Boring. That's so <laughs> boring. Okay, so let me think about this. Let me think about the implications. I think I don't know if I could actually get the butter down. Like I really don't know if I could see that through to completion and then on the other hand like i'm super comfortable with my sexuality i just don't really want everybody knowing yeah but i kind of feel like i could come through that yeah i think i think that one like people are almost used to it at this stage that's kind of what this would you rather was about is it it's almost like people are used to the sexual explicitness of you know celebrities or even people that are YouTube famous or whatever. Right. Having Instant a sex famous. tape, you know, everybody's got a sex tape. Well, what, what would you pick? Cause I'm having a really hard time with this one. It, it would be a shorter term to deal with the stick of butter than it would the, the length of time it would take to get over an explicit email, like explaining to everybody and, you know, doing that whole thing. I, I just think embarrassing. the embarrassment of it all would take a lot longer to recover from than a stick of butter with my pocket lint. And at least it's my pocket lint and not just some rando. I mean, I, well, then, okay. So then I also think if it was the sexual explicit stuff, I'm not into anything like where it would be embarrassing. Like, oh, Amy dresses, oh, yes, up, you are. dresses up like a furry or a fuzzy, or she like <laughs> has piercings in her back that she hangs from the ceiling, you know, oh like, God. which, like, t- no yeah, judgment t- at all. Like, whatever exactly. you're into, as long as it's all consensual, I don't care. But then I think it might give me an awesome platform. That's what I'm saying. To say, like, yeah. you guys. I, this was between me and my husband. It was an accident. It's nothing I need to be ashamed of. And it's, you know, like I think right. I could come out of it kind of awesome and maybe. You could use it in your marketing. Okay, perfect. So, <laughs> perfect. I'll take that one. You'll take that one? Okay. I already have some solid copy. <laughs> solid copy. <laughs> okay. All right. So, I'm going to take that one. How about, uh, so you are, are you taking that one too? Did you decide? I will take the. Butter. Oh, that's right. Because mm-hmm. you, it's, it's a shorter term. That's right. That's right. All right. So we would love to hear what you would rather. We talk about it every single Monday in my private Facebook group. All you have to do is go over to the joyjunkie.com slash club. It will redirect you right over there. There's about a thousand of us over there hanging out. We do additional trainings. I teach a Q&A session every single Thursday coming up this week. And we talk about whatever has arisen for the club members over the last week, what they're struggling with. There's usually discount codes. There's a whole slew of information in a private resource vault that I created just for this Facebook group. So come and join us. And then on Mondays, we always talk about what we would rather, which is hilarious. And Mr. Smith runs a tight ship on it's always fun. loopholes. Yeah, yeah but that's fun to, to discuss. So come and join us over there. And I think that's about it. You ready to jump into talking about trust, babe? Let's do it. So I want to read you this submission that came from one of our listeners who is a very long time listener. She said she's been listening since day one. Ooh, and, and we're on 185. 
It's crazy. I'm super honored by that. So here's what she wrote, and I want to see if this is something that everybody else can kind of identify with. Trust is a very important topic for me because I was raised in a dysfunctional family where as a young child, I learned not to trust some of the people who were closest to me, including my parents. And then years ago, I was betrayed by a best friend whom I had considered to be a sister for nearly 20 years. This circumstance was the last straw, and I felt so devastated and unable to really see the truth about people. So I decided that I wouldn't have any more close relationships with anyone new that I would meet, and I would simply consider everybody an acquaintance and to just be polite and have superficial exchanges with them. Now, she says, I'm very happy that when all of this happened, I was already married to my wonderful husband because if not, he wouldn't have stood a chance. So yeah, yeah. that's good. There's somebody in the trust tree. <clears throat> and she says, that worked really well for me until recently when I met some new people that I really like and admire and I'd love to be friends with. Unfortunately, I seem to have lost the ability to trust people. Yay! I can't take what I see and hear at face value, and I'm constantly trying to read between the lines and doubting that their kindness and their interest in me is really true. And then here is her kind of side note about spirituality, right? Furthermore, on a spiritual level, I love the idea that the universe is a benevolent force that supports me and I can share it on an intellectual level. But I just can't believe it and trust it in my heart. I am aware that feeling trust is up to me, but I really don't know what to think or do in order to achieve that. I would greatly appreciate it if you would talk about this topic in a future episode, and I will be grateful for any advice you can give me. Well, first of all, it's pretty eloquently written. Right. And I love that it's very clear clear. that she listens to the pod, that she's involved in personal (laughs) development. She she gets some of these concepts. Mm -hmm. But again, nobody's like, here's step one for trusting people, right? right? But I love she signed it, ciao. She's actually in Italy. So it's cool to have have, uh, audience members all over the world. It's just... So blows my mind. A little pod Italian. Yeah. <laughs> I've got six things, of course. You know, I love systems and steps. So the first thing, and this is kind of on a personal talk sort of thing, is to stop identifying yourself as untrusting. So mm-hmm. I, okay. I oftentimes will tell my students if they say, like, I am a people pleaser, I'm a perfectionist. One of the first things I say is stop identifying as that. Stop saying, I have trust issues. I have control issues. I don't believe in this. Like, Mm -hmm. if all of that stuff is something you do not want to be, stop identifying that way. Now, that doesn't mean that you now all of a sudden are going to say, I fully trust people. That's not what I'm saying. That's the first step. I'm just saying, stop saying, I don't trust people. So instead of using self-talk that says, like, I just don't trust. I just don't trust them. I don't believe them. I don't believe that that was really kind, right? That's like kind of the chatter that goes on in your mind. Right. To say something instead like, I'm open to learning how to trust, or I'm exploring what trusting people looks like at this stage in my life. Something, like that something that is like on your way. So you're not saying I fully trust people, but you're just not identifying as I don't do it. Right. I don't trust people. Because the more you identify that way and kind of put that label on yourself, you will live into it. You'll mm-hmm. find more evidence of it. 
Like, for instance, if you tell yourself over and over again, I'm just, I'm such a perfectionist, very, very unlikely that you're going to start shedding your perfectionist behaviors. Very true. So watch how you identify yourself because that will perpetuate whatever way of being you've adopted up until that point. For instance, in AA, they ask you to identify yourself as an alcoholic Mm -hmm. so that you can deal, that's the other way around. So what's the psychology difference there? Like, Well, this was this is sticky because I actually have a problem with that a little yeah. bit in AA. That, that's kind of what I'm trying to get at here. However, addiction is a completely different animal, different animal because okay. one of the biggest pieces of of addiction is is uh, getting out of denial. Because so many people are in denial, like I'm not. I know I can totally drink socially. Got it. No, I can totally. This so, is okay. This ha- so you're not in denial when you say I'm a perfectionist. You're actually admitting that you are, right? So you're saying don't admit you are. Start changing the language so that you can change your behavior. Well, for many of us, like who are perfectionists or who are people pleasers or things like that, you already know that. There isn't like a come to Jesus the, the way there is with addiction. Like you have to. Really get to a place where you're like, holy shit, I am an addict. Okay. Whereas yeah, that's fair. what we're talking about, and we're also talking about a legit illness with addiction. Sure. Whereas what we're talking about here is people who are of sound mind, they're healthy, and they have these habits that we as a society, I think, kind of throw around flippantly, like being a worry ward or being a perfectionist, or I'm such a people pleaser, or I, I have control issues, and we throw them around like they're not that serious when they actually are really infringing on our happiness and our fulfillment. Yeah. So I would say to answer that question, the the slippery slope with addictions is if you start saying, I was an addict or I used to have a problem with alcohol, it's, easy to slip back. it's much easier for somebody with an addictive personality to go back into that habit thinking that they're cured. So we're talking about, but that's a great question. That's a yeah, real- I was just curious the psychology of it, you know. Right. Because I've had conversations about that because I do <clears throat> like the idea of I used to. However, that's a very dangerous place for addicts to go. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. why it's imperative. It's almost like saying I struggle with addiction, period. So whether it's alcohol or shopping or Facebooking or cookies – I have to recognize this is my tendency. This is my behavioral pattern. And I cannot deny that any longer. Right? Okay. right. So Thanks for answering my question. Yeah. So in this situation, we're talking about like she's super clear. I don't trust people. And I want to. Mm-hmm. I want to start. Got it. So she's already had an identity of I don't trust people that clearly is not what she wants to continue to foster. So now it becomes how do we start shedding that? moniker or that identifier in a way that feels realistic. And so that's why I offer up using something like progressive language. So the second step, it and this might involve like a coaching program or a therapist or a, a deep dive, is to really work on your forgiveness around those who have caused you pain. Nice. Because The reason why you are now suffering and not having that intimacy because you cannot trust these new friends and you you don't want to foster these new relationships is because there's still all this blame and anger typically for the people who did you wrong. Mm -hmm. Right? Like it's this friend from 20 years. I mean, even reading 
what she wrote, it was clear, like, that was the last straw. I'm done opening myself up. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to get hurt anymore. So there's still this kind of bitterness typically towards the past. So no matter who you are listening, whether this is the listener or not, take a little evaluation of, have. do I still have a lot of blame? It'll show up as blame, resentment, or non-forgiveness towards these people who have created that catalyst for me to stop trusting. A lot of times, if you don't trust in intimate partnerships, it's based off of how you received love or didn't receive love from other relationships, like intimate partnerships, or from your parents. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? If you have trust issues around coworkers, it could have been something – I mean, it doesn't always have to be paired – directly paired at all, but it could be that there was working in teams sometime in college or in your youth that has made it very challenging for you to work in a team and trust other people. So you kind of go, I'm just going to do it all myself. Right. Okay. Or you alienate or put walls up. Right. So I'm going to actually link to, I've done a couple of podcasts, one on blame and one on self-forgiveness that I'm going to link in the show notes page. So the one on forgiveness is particularly about self-forgiveness, but you can look at forgiving other people through the exact same lens because the deal with forgiveness is not at all saying the deed you did was acceptable. Like that this friend who betrayed her, forgiving her is not saying, I'm going to let you back in my life. It's not saying what you did is acceptable. It's not saying I would ever allow that again. It's saying I choose not to carry the burden of that deed any longer. I'm not going to pay in my current relationships for your sins. That's what I was thinking about in the first, like when you first read it. Yeah. Was, gosh, how much of your life or people that come into your life would have really uh, been valuable been for you. valuable, yeah, for you, but you weren't able to do that because you held on to that. And right? Or uh, not just her, but anyone. Sure. And there's also a place to be super compassionate because the reason you're doing that is straight up self-preservation. Absolutely. You're just, no, I get it. That's the best way you know how to take care of yourself. And now, and and at a specific time, that worked, right? Like she was saying, that worked to push people away. Mm -hmm. And now I want something different. And now I'm looking around going, no, I want to have the ability to trust and be discretionary about how I do that. She's ready to let it go, yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's the other thing too is you. it's not an all or nothing. It's not like, okay, I need to all of a sudden become an open book and let everybody in. Sure. And and I'm going to talk about that in a minute too, that you can allow this to be a, a gradual journey. Okay. So again, number two, work on that forgiveness. Look at how you need to let go. Because we do this all, I've seen this happen a lot too, like people who are really struggling to get over their ex and they they feel like they've really gotten through it, but then they might still have a dream or they might still get triggered and they're angry at their at themselves for not being over it yet. And it's like, that's just your subconscious, like just coming out saying like, hey, there's still some stuff. And addressing it is not having your ex win. Mm-hmm. Addressing it is taking care of you so yeah. that you can be happy and healthy. Right. Okay. So 
really look at how that uh, distrust, non-forgiveness, blame, or resentment, they're all kind of in the same category, right? How those things are impacting your current desires for connection with other people. All right. So the third thing, and this is very actionable, is I want you to start keeping an evidence journal and start tallying evidence of trustworthiness in others. And Hmm. so, because here's what happens is we become acutely focused like she did, you know, like here's this thing that happens when I open up. I experience extreme pain. That must mean never open up. Right. Right. And because that was your experience, you start telling all the evidence that you see. And so a lot of times in your head, it sounds like, see, can't trust that person. See, all the shit is happening in the media. See, we can, you never know what you're going to, you know, and you stay really focused. And a lot of times it's even subconsciously focused on gathering evidence to support that story. Yeah. That's and so what, true. what happens then is you miss out on all the other evidence of people being amazing and following through on their word and actually being really trustworthy. So I would suggest either, depending on how you operate, you know, you can have a pen and paper if you want, or some people really like to record it in the voice notes on their phone or have an app or whatever, where even if, like, let's say you drop a dollar and somebody's like, here, ma'am, you dropped a dollar. That goes in the evidence journal. There was somebody who was totally trustworthy or, you know, you forgot to, they forgot to put something in your bag at the supermarket and they come and find, you know, any evidence of that, or even, I don't know, some, a friend of yours who followed through on something that you had asked of them. And it's like, oh, that they can be trusted. They're a person of their word. So start really focusing specifically on what you do want because you need to start realizing that it is out there. It just hasn't been on your radar. It hasn't been the station that you're listening to. It's a hard channel to change, but the do you keep evidence of untrustworthiness as well? I'm going to get I'm going to get to that in okay. a second. I would acknowledge it, but I wouldn't tally it because you're already in that frame of mind, okay. tallying like crazy. Okay. And there shouldn't be a ton of them because she's not being super trust trusting with people. That's you know true. what I mean? True. So <laughs> you're going to be very choosy as we go through this about who you're vulnerable with. So you can start by just noticing it in other people. So even when, um, like on Facebook, there's a shit ton of mess that happens on Facebook, right? Like all these horrible stories. Oh, but yeah. then there's tons of amazing stories about people, you know, kind of playing Santa and giving all these amazing gifts to kids. And there is goodness. There is amazing stuff happening out there. Yeah. It's just about what we choose to focus on. That's true. So, I saw a really good one, if, if I may. Yeah. It was about this guy that uh, he's a contractor and he actually would go to construction sites and all of the trash at the construction sites, he would make homes for homeless people. Oh, out of cool. Like, like just little one room plate places yeah. out of all this stuff. Nice. Well, that was a cool one. Yeah. That's very cool. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's great. And that actually reminds me that it might be a great 
way to start by tallying things that aren't totally affecting you. Like maybe you see other people interacting in a, let's say in a, in a restaurant and the server realizes that the person left their hat behind and you see them go chase them down and give them their hat. And then that might go in your evidence journal by starting with evidence of other people's interaction without it feeling directly applicable to you. Yeah. Less vulnerable. Yeah. But you might also then ease into examples of your husband. Like she was saying how awesome her spouse is. That every time he follows through on his word, that needs to be in the evidence journal. Every time you ask your neighbors to watch your cat and they do, they're to be trusted. That's an evidence of somebody you can trust. Even if it's in a small capacity, it's about gathering a different set of evidence because you've been so focused on what isn't available to you. Is that is that the um, is that the only action with that, or do you do something with that journal? No, no, no. It's it's that's a great question. No, it's just to start opening your eyes of like, oh, there's actually a lot of people. Just to a be perspective trust- shift, right? Yeah, it's okay. the same thing that you know how. You don't think your diet's that bad until you start writing it down. Right. Like your nutritionist, like write that shit down. Yeah. And then you're like, oh. Hmm. And then every time you think about putting something in your in your mouth, you think, oh, do I want to have to write that down? So the same thing is true with this. It's like the minute you notice it's something that's awesome, it's like, oh, it's on your awareness, right? It's becoming way more apparent in your world. And yeah. that's what we're trying to do. Got it. Okay. All right. Number four, and this is just kind of conceptual, is I used to always say this when I would talk about intimate partnerships and relationships. Do not make your current partner pay for the sins of your ex. For sure. Right? That's one of my favorite things that I always say. And the idea is that you're taking that old wound that you're going through and you're making your current partner guilty of it also. So you're reacting off of your historical pain, not what they're actually doing. Now, the same thing can be said for friendships, bank tellers, people helping you out at the restaurant, people helping you out with your phone bill. Mm -hmm. You know, it can be said for anybody else who you've never encountered before. Now, I'm not saying just willy-nilly trust anyone. But I'm saying be very aware that just because it happened with mom and dad does not mean it will happen with Sally. So those two people are completely different, isolated environments and relationships. Okay. So if there's things that are similar, like, oh, they're really verbally abusive like mom and dad, then you can go, hey, that behavior doesn't work for me. But if they're not doing or saying or being anything that is adversely effective to you, like where, you know, it's painful or it's hurtful, allow that to be the first interaction with that human without branding them with your old shit. So, I, you know, oftentimes when I talk about this in relationships, I would say, you and this new partner has never existed before. So no matter who tells you, oh, I know what that's like, and oh, oh, just wait till this, and this is going to happen. But that 
usually mars the relationship because you put all your old historical shit onto the new relationship instead of going we can craft this from the beginning yeah this has never existed in history ever before <laughs> so no matter what anyone thinks the prognosis of this relationship is we have the opportunity to create something new but we very rarely look at relationships that way we look at them like, oh, hope he doesn't act like my ex. Hope she's not like that ex-best friend that I had. Statistically, this is going to happen, right? Right. Yeah. So that is a more of a umbrella idea to think about when you do engage with some of these new friendships, you know, that she was saying. Or possibly mm -hmm. if you go into a new work <clears throat> environment. To just remind yourself when you're talking with them, this relationship has never happened before. These two people being in a friendship has never existed before. So I don't need to label it with a bunch of shit. That doesn't mean that you don't acknowledge red flags or things like that. But it's also that you don't label it with old shit. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's a huge thing that I would think about as you are at parties or in social environments where you are really critical of, I don't know if I can believe what they said. Stop yourself and go, this relationship has never existed before. I have no historical data to tell me that I should not believe this person or that they're not to be trusted. And that is about you really owning your shit. Now, there's a totally different set of circumstances that happens when people are giving you examples that they can't be trusted. So, for instance, if you do hang out with somebody and they say they're going to be somewhere and then they don't meet you, I would give them one other chance to redeem themselves and then I would move on, you know? Okay, so yeah. it's okay if people do let you down. You just have to be aware that you're taking baby steps and that's why you're not going to bury your heart to every single person you see. You're going to, like, let's maybe meet for coffee, right? And you don't tell your life story. You just <laughs> kind of talk about what your interests are. And you take everything very, very slow because you are relearning how to trust and whom to trust. That's really important as well. So if you're getting red flags, that's about taking a step back and looking at, have they really given me evidence that they cannot be trusted or is this my shit? Is this the lens through which I've been looking at for, for years and years yeah, and years? That's that they, great advice. Yeah. Because that's going to take a little unpacking because this is also what's going to happen is this was kind of number five is to really listen for that internal conversation that says, see, see, you can't trust them. See, can't trust anybody. See, can't believe what people say. You hmm. have to listen to that voice because it will attach to the smallest, most insignificant little grimace or look or sigh that somebody gives you. And it'll attach because it wants to keep you safe. It wants to keep you back in that place of not trusting anybody, not opening up because you know how to be there. It's safe to be there. You know that, but it also massively impacts your ability to be intimate with other people. When you hear that voice, like, ah, that's why I never bother. See, uh, uh, stop and look at, was I just severely betrayed? Was I just massively betrayed by somebody? 
Okay. And does that need to impact my ability to trust somebody else in the future? Or can you just say, hey, that person is no longer going to be on my inner circle? So it it can be a simple evaluation of, okay, I'm still going to work on trusting. I'm going to continue to work on trusting, but not with you. Right. Because you've shown me that that's not a worthwhile investment of my time. But it takes vigilance with all these interactions, right? What are, yeah. you, what are you thinking? No, I was just, uh, I'm just thinking of this girl and thinking it's going to take some time. Yeah. It's going to take some time for this. I can see if you've got some trust issues. Of course. It's going to take some time. You're going to have to use these tools constantly. That's right. Yeah. So, which brings me nice and tidily. <laughs> Is that a word? Tidily? Tidy? Tidy-ish? Nice and, I don't Nice and yeah, nice, nice and, and tidy. tidy. I don't nice know. and tidy. To the to number six, which is take baby steps. Yeah. All right. So take baby steps. Identify those people in your life who have that really. You know, if these these new people that she's talking about that she wants to interact with, look at them through that lens of okay, this relationship has never happened before. Have they done anything to make me really think that they can't be trusted? No. Okay. How about I initiate a coffee date? And so you don't say, let's go spend a week away in Aspen and I'll tell you all my deepest, darkest fears. You (laughs) just go slow. Maybe you start with more, you have everybody over to your house and it's a little bit more social and maybe you play games and it's a little bit lighter and not, you know, like a book club. And heavy, you know? So just start really, really light. Another easy way to start inching into that intimacy with people is vulnerability, of course. And ways in which you can be vulnerable is genuinely expressing gratitude. So this can go both ways where maybe somebody did something kind for you, but you're so freaked out about it because you're like, ah, too close. It's coming down those barriers. And you immediately go to your go-to defense, which is, I bet they want something in return. I bet they, they're not really genuine. They're just looking for handout, you know, and you twist a good deed. Watch your twisting of good deeds, <laughs> my friends. And stop and say, hey, thank you so much for thinking of us. Maybe they brought you a bottle of wine, offered to watch your cat while you were out of, out of town or whatever. Genuinely looking at them and saying, thank you so much. That really meant a lot to me. And being there in that intimate space with them and and expressing gratitude in that way. Another piece of that is learning how to accept compliments. Like when they say something kind to you, instead of refuting it and saying like, oh, gosh, no, oh, stupid, my hair is horrible. Oh, God, you know, or, oh, I no, I wasn't even prepared for that project, you know, and you try to talk people out of giving you commendations, stop and accept because it's likely that right then you're looking at them. You're trying to blame them and say, like, they don't really mean it. I don't believe them. Stop and accept that gift. So these are small little baby steps that you can just genuinely look them in the face and say, thank you for saying that. I think something to add to this is just kind of coming to the surface for me. It's something that I try to practice In, in, in gratitude and in trust in whatever you want. On a grand view, 
yeah. of things. If you thank people for kindness, if you thank people for gratitude, if you thank people for when they when they do do something trustful, yeah, it encourages them to do it more. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there, there's something. I mean, there's obviously there's people that just do it right, but at the same time, you get to kind of reinforce that behavior on other people. Yeah, right by saying, "I really appreciated that you. You know, I could trust you in that. That's thank right. you for being a trustworthy person." Right. And that encourages them to continue that with you. Right, right. Right. They're like, oh, they really trust me. I got to watch what I'm doing here. Even if it's on a subconscious level. Right. Like they don't really notice it. Sure. It's just like a little endorphin rush. Right. But even. And it might help you get over those humps of lack of trust because you're right. going, well, I'm reinforcing trust by saying thank you. And I think that's also, it's important to understand that you're reinforcing trust in a way that's not that threatening to you. So accepting a compliment to somebody mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. does not mean that – or uh, accept a compliment from someone does not mean you have to give up your firstborn to them, that you have <laughs> to lean on them in hardship. All it means is that you're starting to flex that muscle. So for instance, when people at – you know, when I check out grocery store or Target or whatever and they're like, you have a great day, I always say, thank you so much. I intend to. I don't go – they say that to everybody. Blah, 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 yeah, blah, blah. Right. Because guess what? I don't have to share everything with them. I don't have <laughs> to have all this intimacy with them. You have to tell them what it, what kind of a day you're having. I don't. I don't have to do any. I don't have to carry it any further. I might so, go to Home Depot. I might go to Bed Bath and Beyond. I don't know. May not have enough time. <laughs> well, um, actually, pretty nice little Saturday. We're uh, we're gonna go to Home Depot. Yeah, buy some wallpaper. Maybe get some flooring. Stuff like that. Maybe Bed Bath & Beyond. I don't know. I don't know if we'll have enough time. You know <laughs> Might be something like that, right? You don't want to do that with everybody. Just accept the compliment, accept the good tiding, and move on. That's right. Yeah. Because it's a practice for you to stop looking at the distrust. Like, oh, they don't mean it. They have to say that to everybody. Yeah, right. Who gives a shit? Right. You're not being threatened. You aren't in danger. You're not being betrayed. Like, there's no adverse reaction or cost to you to accept a compliment. Give yourself the opportunity to take these baby steps. Practice saying thank you. Express how you feel with people gradually. So once you start entering into those relationships where you start to feel a little more comfortable, start sharing more. But share sparingly at the beginning. And then... You can share more, and then the next step is to share how you feel about things. That's the next level of intimacy. Like, I was really challenged by this experience with my boss, and I've been really destroyed by it. And But you don't do that with every fucking person who gives mm. you a compliment. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, take those baby steps to work on your own level of trust. And give yourself that freedom to take your time. The point that is so great about this that she made is that she's noticing, here's what I want. Like, I want this new level of friendships. I don't want to turn people away. Tell me what to do. What are my steps? I think that's the, you know, you have those six steps. I think there's one just before that. And that is where she's at. She wants to improve herself. Right. Yeah. That's right. And I think that's it. Anything else you wanted to say? No, I've said plenty. All right. We'll see you around these parts next week. Here's to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out.